Hey guys, welcome to the He Said, She Said podcast with Josh and Danielle, where we talk about our marriage, family, and the everyday stuff that we all face. We don't always agree on everything, and we certainly don't have it all figured out, but we know that God does. We're so glad you're here. And welcome back to another week. This is episode, last week was episode 20. Did you know that? I didn't notice until I looked uh, when you posted it later. I looked and I noticed that it was episode episode. We didn't 20. even do anything to celebrate or anything. We, we started a giveaway. Oh, yes. That was in celebration of our 20th episode. Right. Because <laughs> we totally said that last week. Yeah, we did. It was just a happy coincidence, actually, because we're not really keeping up with how many Yeah, I did, I did not notice it done. until I actually published the episode. And then I realized, wow, that was episode 20. And we didn't even say anything about it. We're on episode 21. Episode 21. Do you so, want to say anything about it? No. This, oh, okay. this, is not a, <laughs> this isn't like a special number. It's a special episode because every episode is special. Oh. But this isn't a special number. It's just 21. Do we get a trophy? No. Everybody's Sorry. special though. Everybody gets a trophy <laughs> Everybody these days. gets a trophy. Just participation trophies. We get a trophy for having 21 episodes of a podcast I know, I know for a fact that uh, f- five people listen to our podcast. <laughs> Have you been polling people? You've been asking the question? Uh, no, I've just heard from a few people. Oh, no, six people. That they're like, that last episode was was pretty good. It was pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe you could work on this and do okay. this a little so better. So if that last episode was pretty good, that's... What does that say about all the rest of our episodes? They're saying um, you need to work on your episodes. <laughs> I'm just kidding. They did not say that. Uh, so we celebrated uh, this week, July 4th. It was Independence Day on yeah. Sunday. That was fun. Celebration. We watched some fireworks, as um, most people do on July 4th. Yes, we did. And... Had a cookout. Had a cookout. Took a nap. I did not take a nap. I did. Okay, so we were at our friend's house, and I was like, you know you're with some good church friends when after you eat your giant lunch at this picnic and everybody looks like they're about to pass out because July 4th fell on a Sunday that we stop everything that we're doing and we take our Sunday afternoon nap before we (laughs) proceed with the celebration. (laughs) I get back, so I went to do uh, a chapel service somewhere else, and I get back from that chapel service, and everybody is like get, is going to bed. And I'm like, <laughs> what is happening? I walk in, and the host, Erin, she says, everybody's laying down to take a nap. And I was like, uh, okay. I hadn't <laughs> actually even eaten yet. You guys had already eaten. Yeah, we had so, eaten. It was so, so good. We ate so much food. And there then there was a ton of food. We yeah. had been at church and it Huge was like, burger. yeah. And now because we're, we're Baptists, <laughs> we, yeah, we're, we're church folk. Filled their bellies and then went to bed. And then we went to bed and I slept but, probably like two hours. Yeah. You guys slept a long time. I just sat there and ate the whole time. For two so, hours? Well, I mean, it took me a while. It was good. I forget about that diet we talked about last week. I I was talking to a friend recently, and I was like, uh, "We diet. Um, we start a new diet every Monday. We diet Monday and Tuesday, and then the rest of the week is like fair game. So <laughs> we diet every Monday and Tuesday. Except yesterday, we didn't <laughs> we because didn't we went to that crazy safari. Oh, part. you guys, that was so much fun. Now Josh gets a couple days off. 
um, a year that are federal holidays, and one of them is July 4th. And so it was Which observed, this year was July 5th. Yes, it was observed yesterday. So he got um, yesterday off. So we um, took our two youngest kids to the safari park here in our, I, I was going to say town, it's but it's not. not. It's, it's like, like two, two hours, hours away. away. That was Jinx. weird. Uh, <laughs> I've always thought, so in my mind, like it's, a, it's not cheap to go to that safari no, park. No, and he's always been like. We're not going there. It's so it's, expensive. It's, well, what is it He's like? like twenty five dollars a person or something miserly. like that. What? It's like twenty five dollars a person or something. Uh, yeah. I don't know. It's kind of expensive to go. So I've always thought, like in my mind, it's definitely not worth it to go because I don't know. I just imagine like there'd be a few cows here and maybe a llama or something there, and mm-hmm. you know, just not a lot of animals. But it's kind of crazy. Like maybe we should we should put the your favorite your friend. The, the video of your cow friend <laughs> on our Facebook page. He was my favorite. Yeah, we're going to have to post uh, some pictures and videos because it was so, so fun. And yeah, every year, like around in summertime, I'm like, you know what we should do this weekend? You know where we should go? We should go to the safari park. And, you know, 25 times six people cost quite a, a bit of yeah, money. It's, and it's so he's cheap. always been like, no, we're not doing that. But because we had two fewer kids... I was like, this would be the perfect time, and you have the day off. So we just did it. We we had gotten up early, and uh, we drove the two hours, and we basically spent the whole day at the safari park, and it was a blast. It was a lot of fun. I will admit, it was it was really cool. I mean, the llamas just like oh, they, it was elk, llamas, cows, deer, bison, antelope. Deer. They're literally sticking their head into your car. Zebra? In did your we lap. say zebra? Yeah, zebras. I mean, it's it's They're it's pretty awesome. They're sticking their heads into your car, trying to eat the food from the bucket. So Danielle got in a tug of war match with an elk. I did. That happened yesterday. I got bit by an ostrich. <laughs> I got bit by a zebra. You got bit and by a zebra? Yes. Don't you remember? You were petting it, and or you were feeding it, and so I reached around, and I was. You were in the back seat. I was driving, and so I reached around and I touched it, like right on the side of its face. And it didn't like that, so it just like reared back and just nipped, nipped my you. my like your arm, my arm, yeah. Really? Yeah, I got bit by an ostrich. I got bit by a zebra. I got headbutted by like that bison thing. Remember that? Oh yes. I put my hand out there, and he headbutted my hand back into the car. Oh man. So they did. So the thing with how these many animals... days in your life can you say that you got <laughs> bit by an ostrich, you got bit by a zebra, and you got headbutted by a bison? I don't think there's probably anybody that listens to our podcast that could say that. Really? So I'm a pretty special guy. You are, unless you're, uh, you work at a zoo. Well, maybe. Maybe if you work at a zoo, that's true. It was so fun, though. I said, I know it was expensive, but the baby loves animals. Our two-year-old. He's like literally hanging out the he window. He has zero, no fear, no fear. Holding on to the of zebra's all of our neck. Children, no fear. Like, I not touch him. I not touch him. Like, and probably if we put him out of the window and, you know, just mounted the zebra, he'd be excited yeah. and happy. And, and like, he, he knew, though, that he didn't want to use all of his food with one animal, that we were kind of, like, spreading the food out. Like, he understood that. So he let them eat a little bit, and then he was like, go away. Go away. All done. Go. All, all done. done. And he go pushed home. Their head, pushed their head back <laughs> he out the window. He pushed their head right out of the window. Yeah, but he just had the best time. The thing with these animals, though, why you got bit is because they don't want they want to eat 
and they're very friendly and they'll come stick their head in your window but they don't want to be touched yeah they're not in, like they're not there so you can pet you them. do not i mean pet certainly them. you can pet them like i took some selfies with the zebra that was really cool his name was um zechariah 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 the zebra the funny thing about um, going to the safari park with josh is that he names all the animals so like there's an ostrich in front and he's like move out of the way oscar like it's so it's funny just, Ozzy, Oscar, Ozzy and Oscar, they all, they're, they're all, all brothers. So Zachariah, I said uh, that you know Zachariah was a nice zebra, and Danielle said, "How do you know that's his name?" And I said, "I saw it on his name tag," and she said, "Are you serious? He had a name tag?" I believed him. <laughs> I'm an idiot. I was like, "Really? I didn't see any of these." You talking the about tag. my mom believing that, everything I said? I didn't know that one had a name tag. <laughs> Some of them had tags on their ears, but they had numbers. Like they could identify who was who because of the numbers. And I thought maybe I didn't notice, but some of them might have a name on them. And you are a liar. I, did, I, I just listen. I just made it <laughs> up. Uh, anyways, that was a, it was a really oh, cool we had a great experience. time. And I said, I know it's a lot of money, but it was worth every single penny because we went through one time and then we went through the there's like a zoo where you can walk through to and feed other animals. Yeah. Um, the goats and the giraffes, which was Kobe's absolute favorite. And I. I gave a camel water from my Dasani bottle. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you were supposed to do that. I but was definitely not supposed to do that. And then you got sneezed on by the camel. Then he sneezed on me. Because you poured it up his nose. And he scared me half to death. Listen, I could not figure out. Okay, I didn't have any food to give him. But when we walked over, he looked at me. And then he stood up like he was waiting for me to give him something. But I didn't have any food to give him. They didn't give us food for the camels. And so... Um, That's I, probably because you're not supposed to feed them. I know. I'm just holding this them. bottle of water. And he's sniffing around the water, and it seems like he's trying to get the water. You were there. He was trying to get the water from my water bottle. So I was trying to figure out a way to pour it in his mouth, but he wouldn't open his mouth. So it kept going on his nose, and then he was, like, shaking his head off. And then he lifted up his lips, and I just stuck it right in his mouth, and I poured the whole water bottle in there. And then he was living his best life. He was so happy. I don't so know. I feel if, like I made his here, day. Here's the thing. Like, I, I can't believe that. There's never been any field trips or anything to the Virginia Safari Park it, because it's super cool. So if you're a teacher or a homeschool parent or right. whoever it might be listening to this podcast that lives somewhere in Virginia, uh, that this is near Natural Bridge, Virginia. It's So anyways, you really ought to consider if you're teaching about animals, which I would assume just about every I don't remember my education me neither so anyways I, I would assume that most years you're learning about something about animals this would be an amazing field trip it's really really cool you know the fact that we feel like we don't remember anything is probably not a surprise to these people based upon the last few podcasts that is very true we don't know any phrases we thought we knew and but anyways the reason that we we had two fewer of our children yesterday is because we sent our two oldest to summer camp for the first time yeah church camp this is actually so it's it's kind of a weird thing because we for the past 13 years have taken the kids and teens well the teens primarily to camp and so this year it just so happened that we have not are not going to camp did not go to camp for the first time in 13 14 years and it's our kids' first time going to camp. Right. Ever. So we switch places. Yeah, we switch places with them. 
So, so we, we put them on a bus yesterday the bus. and they're headed, they headed yesterday to the wilds and that's located in Brevard, North Carolina. Yeah. Um, we have maybe, okay. So when we were in high school, we went to the wilds um, and you had gone to the wilds since you were like in seventh grade. I started about ninth grade. Sometimes we went twice a year because we had school camp, um, leadership camp in the fall and we would go there. Um, so we went there until after 12th grade, even after 12th grade, we went there. And then we took a six year hiatus from the wilds because we went to college and we went to grad school, um, after we got married. And then we came here to do, um, ministry for you to be the youth pastor. You weren't, you weren't youth pastor right away, but we did go to camp the first year. Do you remember where we went? We did. We did go we to camp. We did go to camp. Do you yeah, remember? We went to Rapidan. We did we? go yeah. to Rapidan. Here in Virginia, there's a small Christian camp. It's called Rapidan. Where is it located? I don't know. Oh, Rochelle. Rochelle, Rochelle Virginia. Virginia. And at that camp, it's a smaller camp, so they don't actually provide the counselors. You stay in the cabin with your church and your your students. And um, I mean, honestly, that's how many camps around the country operate. Yeah. It's how most probably operate. Yep. But um, at... Um, I think after that first year, the next year we started going to the wild and we've gone ever since just because it held such a special place in our hearts. Well, I mean, I wouldn't say just because of that, but certainly that was was part of the reason. Like for us, you know, we 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 made many life changing, life altering decisions at at the wilds. For example, um, I mean, I was called to ministry at the wilds. Uh, and I would say every year, you know, you make, um, we made decisions of, you know, committing our lives to the Lord and committing our lives to his service. Um, and it's just that constant influence in your life year after year after year that shapes and molds you into, you know, shapes and molds, molded us into the people that we are today. It's part of the reason that we are where we are today. I would say definitely, um, it had such a profound impact on my life. It's like when you have revival, it's a good shot in the arm. And I think that for children and for teenagers, it's the same concept. It's a, it's a good shot in the arm. Um, and so we were very excited to send our kids to camp. I did not go as a junior. You did not go as a junior. No, they didn't have junior camp when we they were. They didn't? No. I don't remember that. Yeah, they didn't have junior camp. Oh, man. We love the Wilds. We really do. And because we went so long, it's like a home away from home. We're kind of sad to not it's be going. It's kind of like Disney World. Yes. Also like Disney World, <laughs> except spiritual. Spiritual, <laughs> spiritual Disney spiritual World. Actually, Disney that's World. not a bad representation <laughs> of the wilds. It's pretty amazing camp. It uh, is. What kind of things are there to do there? Oh, there's so much. Like hiking. There's, the, you know, the lake to swim in with the blob, the blob and the water trolley and slide. And then they have the super slide. There's tubing. There's laser tag. There's, uh, I don't know. Is there a shooting rifle range, range? Rifle range. Uh, um, bow and arrow range. Oh, they started then, doing paintball, right? Yeah, paintball. The program that they run is just is just awesome. Um, and by the way, the Wilds is not sponsoring this episode. I don't know why. I mean, we contacted them. We told them. You lied. Just kidding. We didn't. <laughs> we uh, didn't know such thing. But the Wilds is a solid place. It's a solid 
like Christian camp that we trust. And um, anyway, so we decided to do an episode on camp. And we know that, you know, there are families out there who don't send their kids to camp for various reasons, Um, but we do, and we think that it's important. And so we're just going to share with you a little bit about, um, about that, about why we choose to send our kids to camp and why we think it's important for our family. Yeah. I would say like, okay, so a camp would, would fall into the category of a parachurch organization, you know, a, and what's the definition of a parachurch organization? It would be an organization that exists for the purpose of coming alongside the church and assisting in the spiritual growth of those within the church. So it doesn't replace the church. And I think if we, um, especially as parents, if we view any camp or any parachurch organization as a replacement for uh, church life, then uh, that's that's unhealthy and something that we should not and cannot do. But it's it does play an important role in the spiritual growth of young people, I think. So when we were discussing this podcast and getting it ready, I thought we should do camp, church camp stereotypes. I don't know if you've been to, those of you that are listening, if you've been to (laughs) to, uh, church camp before, but um, there are definitely some some stereotypes that hold true. And this would probably honestly be true for any camps, not necessarily just church camp. Oh, right. And because we have gone so many times and we love it so, so very much, I would say we are qualified to write a list. We're going to qualify ourselves. We're qualifying ourselves to write a list of church camp stereotypes. Number one. All right. (laughs) Number one. We need like theme music or something for this. Yeah, we Uh-oh. should try to learn how to. No, that's not our strong. No, point. we're not doing that. Um, Joe Cool, the cool kid. He is too cool to do anything, too cool to have fun, and he's often seen hanging out in the snack shop. Okay, this is the kid that when you arrive, he walks off the bus. He doesn't crack a smile. He's not excited. He just walks off the bus and he's looking around. And he's just—he's just looking, looking to be seen. He's looking to be the cool kid. Yeah, um, he wants to be noticed. Now, this is often, I would say, closely related to our next one. Pretty girl Priscilla, or pretty boy Pete. Sometimes they're one and the same person, nice. wouldn't you say? Like this is the person they don't participate either. But they don't participate because it might mess up their hair or their cute outfit. Like Priscilla, pretty girl Priscilla, she changes her outfit like seven yep, times yep. a day while she's there at camp. And I think this is pretty, pretty. Would you say now when we were doing this, I was like, is this you? Were you pretty? Boy? No, because definitely not. Josh slicked his hair back. I did not. I never slicked my hair. Oh, back. I'm sorry. He made sure his hair was perfectly in place. We've talked about this before. And his little horns I didn't care were about my hair. Perfectly in place. But I would not characterize you under this one. No, definitely not. It didn't hold you back. From participating. I would participate in everything. Um, I would make sure, however, that when I went to the services at night that my hair was looking good because there were lots of 
there were lots of of girls that were you know there yes that brings us to our (laughs) next stereotype and this is flirty freddy (laughs) flirty freddy flirty freddy is going to be described by you well this is the guy that you know when he is done with his week of camp he comes back and he's got I guess now it would be like the Instagram, you know, username of 10 or 12 different girls. Um, he's taking <laughs> pictures with all the girls that he met, you know, the last couple of days of camp. He's got to make sure he's got a picture of all of them. Um, Listen, when, y'all, okay. when we were talking about this, <laughs> I said, this is the guy that would get on the bus with five, 10 different phone numbers and addresses of the girls he met. And he, and he was like, well, probably now, like, Instagram. But back when I was at camp, it was phone numbers and the addresses. And I was like, what? I was like, are you Flirty Freddy? And that, I think, was an appropriate name for you. Because he did go to camp before he knew me. He probably went to camp, I don't know, 7th, 8th, I, ninth, I, I went to camp a whole bunch of times. A whole bunch of times. So probably three years. But... I mean, you went to camp with me after that, so I'm hoping that you didn't get phone numbers and addresses, <laughs> flirty Freddy. Of anyways, other girls. these guys exist for sure. For 100%. sure, for sure. There's the flirty guy. Oh, the next one, accident Alex. We've had oh, yeah. an accident we, Alex or two. Yes. In our now, praise the Lord, we have never had a serious injury. Um, no. In our years of camp. But but this. Well, I think somebody broke their hand once. We've never had to go to the hospital or anything. We've like that. not gone. A couple so. of people have broken or sprained things while yeah, we were yeah, there, yeah. but they For just sure. got it wrapped and took care of it when they were home. This accident, Alex, is on a first name basis with the nurse yeah. at the nurse's station. Uh, he gets hurt just getting out of bed. Also, when he walks upstairs or has breakfast. And forget about the games. He'd end up in the hospital. No, like, they don't even play the games. He cannot like, he even just has play to the sit games. out. That's right. Yeah. Okay. The next one I have here is, oh, Jock Jerry. But competitive Callie is the same person. <laughs> just Be- the girl version. <laughs> because this is the kid who's playing the games. Like, big ball is, like, where it's at. Tube tug. Forget about it. They're dragging the seventh grader across the field. They got well, thankfully grass now, all up in their teeth. And <laughs> yes, thankfully now the Wilds, they actually keep the seventh through ninth graders separate from the 10th through 12th graders because, yeah, these guys exist and they are, there's no holds barred when it comes to those games. No, they are going to do whatever it takes and run over whoever they need to to win for their team. Oh, yeah. Okay, Um, the next one doesn't even have a name because it is literally every junior high boy that has ever existed. (laughs) (laughs) The next category is the junior high boy. This kid never showers in all seven days. He doesn't brush his teeth either, doesn't change his undergarments or his socks, and you can smell his cabin from like... A yard away, yeah, like, this is, this like is, yards and yards. This is true. Yards. I mean, this, you know, Maybe like not. I can remember many times when junior high boys are bringing their luggage back to the bus at the end of the week, oh, taking someone's bag word. and just feeling like your mom is not, <laughs> no, 
Leave leave this. Throw it in the creek. It needs to leave be burned. Your mom is going to take this take bag this and she's going to throw gasoline on it and light it up when you get home. And there also, is no we did not want to smell it all the nine hours to drive back. But the problem, see, the problem was you can't do that because then the mom might actually want it for whatever yeah. reason. And so we just endured. So we just threw it in oh, the bus. Man. And, and there are some kids whose feet stink worse than other kids. It was bad. Uh, yeah. It was awful. Okay. Um, okay, next is Nerd Alert Norman. Nerd Alert Norman. He blows everyone away in the memory verse competition on the first day. Goes through the whole list. Then on Tuesday, he works on his sword in the craft shop and spends the rest of the week sword fighting with his buddies out on the ball field. Yeah, that happens. That that legitimately that happens. happens. Yeah. Nerd Alert Norman. Was that you? But no, <laughs> I honestly like in all the years I went to the wilds, I can count on one hand the number of times that I went to the craft shop. Now, that's not to say that you shouldn't go to the craft shop and that, you know, it's bad if you go there because the craft shop is kind of cool. They do some cool stuff in there. But I just I, I, I yeah, I didn't do that. <laughs> so anyways. All right. Game room, Greg. Game room, Greg. Can't play a big ball game to save his life. But he has got ping pong in the bag. Yeah. There's he, he hasn't seen the sun all week long. Ping pong or carpet ball. He's like pale and sickly looking. But he's up in that game room. He's playing carpet ball. He's playing, oh, foosball. Foosball. Carpet but He is yeah, the champion. He is the king. And all the game room kids, did you ever notice? All the game room kids knew each other. Oh, for of course. Because they're playing each other all week long. All the game room kids... We're the same. And sometimes they become like the, the sharks of the game room. And, you know, somebody comes in and they're like, hey, if you beat me, I'll buy you a Coke. <laughs> because literally they're nobody not gonna can get beat, beat them. You're they're not going to beat them. They're not going to get beat. Okay. Um, I have, I think, one more. No, two more. Shy Kid. Oh, uh, yeah. Shy yeah. Kid doesn't have a name because nobody knows Shy Kid's name. <laughs> <laughs> He doesn't know anyone. They don't know him. He hasn't even made eye contact with anyone either. But for different reasons than spiritual Sally, who we'll go over in one second. His nickname is also Harry Houdini because he slips away so stealthily that nobody notices. And it's kind of like a magic trick. The the counselor is like, hey, where is Shy Kid? And then what, what they go to back to the cabin and somehow they stayed in the cabin. The whole when they were week. supposed to have been following the the counselor around, or like having fun on their own. There's yeah. no having fun on their own. No, they're going to hide out in their cabin. They might. They probably brought like a library. Yes, yes. You know what I'm saying? That's they pretty, might be friends yeah. with Nerd Alert Norman, if anybody. Probably not though. The last one is Spiritual Sally. Spiritual Sally. The speaker knows her name. She sits on the front row. She has a deep theological discussion with him after every service. Her prized possessions are the signatures in her Bible that she um, procured from every evangelist speaker she's ever heard in her life. And she shows them off at any chance she can get. Yes. She lectures everyone on the dangers of making eye contact with someone of the opposite gender. So this is the reason Spiritual Sally doesn't look people in the eye. And uh, she gave Nerd Alert Norman a run for his money in the verse competition. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, there's nothing wrong with any of that. No, uh, there isn't. But they, all of those are 
very accurate. You will find each of those people at camp this week. I can guarantee you, if you <laughs> step foot at the Wilds or any other church camp this week, you'll find them. We probably miss them, but we're just having fun. We loved all those kids that we were able to minister to and take to camp and all the kids that are there now. It's just so fun to see their little personalities come out and see how they interact and how they handle camp life. Yeah, I mean, it is interesting. Like, you you think about all of these different stereotypes, and honestly, they really do exist, each of those. But they find each other. It's like, you know, when you take a group of kids to camp and you let them off, all the jocks find the jocks to hang out with. All the, you know, the kids that are going to go to the craft shop and hang out, they find they find each other, and they find each other quickly. Right. Um, but and that's a, and a lot of times they find what they believe is the love of their life. I found a few of those over the years. A few loves of your life? Yeah. I think uh, we have a friend that works here at the school now, and she for sure found what she believed to be the love of her life. And there were many of those over time. But, yeah, turned out Yeah, I don't not know so what much. you're talking about right really, now. Really, you don't? But, I'm going to tell, uh, tell you her name after. <laughs> You'll remember after I tell you. But, um... But we do really, really support church camp. We do really, really support Christian camping and the ministries, the solid Christian camps out there. And we think they play an important role um, in our kids' lives. So I asked Josh a few questions. Um, should, if, if a parent came up to you and said, should I invest in camp? Should I send my kids to camp? What would you say? Yeah, I mean, I, I've been asked this question before. A parent has asked me, several parents over the years have asked me this question. Is it worth it? I mean, because the any camp that you send your kid to is going to be an investment. It's not cheap uh, to send your kids to camp, especially if you have multiples going. Um, but my answer would be absolutely based on my experience in my own personal life and over the years of taking kids to camp, it is 100% worth every penny that it costs to send your kids to camp. Why? Because there's something unique and different about getting outside of your comfort zone, about getting into a place where, um, especially with a camp like, like the wilds, where you're in an environment um, that is just, you're surrounded by nature, you're surrounded by God's creation, and you're, you're seeing the mountains and the trees and the streams and all of these different things. And, you know, I'm not trying to sound, to romanticize it or anything, but the reality is, is that you're in a different environment. You've, you, you know, your entertainment that you usually rely on is taken away. You don't have cell phones, you don't have TVs, you don't have all these things. Um, and so you're thrust into this different environment and then you are surrounded by God's word. So every day you're getting devotions, you're getting preaching, you're getting, um, you know, other people who love God around you that are influencing you, that are speaking into your life and walls just begin to fall down. And it's just interesting to see that at the beginning of the week, there might be a young person who came with all of these walls up and they're, they're pushing against God in their life. And now they're at a place where they're receiving influence each and every day um, in the opposite direction. And it just is a life-changing experience. So my answer, that was the long answer. My short answer would be yes. Yeah, I think when you're talking about unplugging from the world, I think that there is something to be said 
um, about getting apart from your everyday task, getting apart from your everyday life, and um, taking the time out. I think, you know, Jesus set that precedent. He got apart to pray. He, he, um, he's a good example of this. Yeah. And, and I think also too, that the Bible talks about, you know, be still and know that I am God. Mm. And, and I think that sometimes our, uh, e- even in <laughs> our, our social media and our entertainment and everything that's going, there's so much noise um, going into, you know, these children. And so it, everything is flashy and it's distracting. And sometimes it's hard to get to a quiet place. Sometimes it's hard to separate um, from those things and really hear the voice of God. And I believe that Christian camp, especially, I, I can only speak to the wilds. Um, I went to a different camp one time, um, but especially the wilds because they don't bring uh, phones. They don't bring iPads. They don't bring um, those kinds of things. They don't have TV. Like they are, they're quieting that that part of their lives and I think it makes it easier for God to speak to us when we do quiet that part of our lives because you know everybody has a message they want to sell us Um, I thought too um, that it was important because it was an emphasis on God's word an emphasis on personal devotional time um, personal time with God Um, and it it I know for me, I didn't really know what that looked like. And you know what? It looks different for every person. But for me, not having had um, really much practical guidance in that, I mean, they showed me like a way that I could do my devotions. And I did it. um, And they have devotions there in the bookstore. And I did those devotions. And that just gave me some guidance too. But you know what? It's all about God, and it's all about God's word. And to be set aside, like set apart from your everyday tasks, and to immerse yourself in an environment that um, is just pointing to God, and is giving you God's word, and is showing you um, what things that you need. It, it sheds light on areas in your life where you need to follow God in that area of your life. Um, and like I said, it's like a revival, but for kids and I think, and, and teens too, but I think that that is so great for them because sometimes, you know, the sermons that they hear in church, they're, they're geared toward adults. You know, it's for the adults in the room, but to go to a place where the messages are understandable and relatable, I think, um, helps them to, be able to glean more from those messages. Um, We also know that, you know, camp is fun. And I think that it shows the kids it's okay to have fun. Like there is fun. Living the Christian life is fun. It's not all about fun, of course, but fun can be had within the context of the Christian life. Yeah, I I would say along those lines that, you know, a lot of the message that our our teenagers in particular, but our kids too, are hearing today is that you know in order to have fun, you have to 
it has to be wrong. It has to be dirty. It has right. to be, you know, and so for them to, I think that's one of the messages that I learned from camp too, now that you mention it, is that, you know, the, you have a blast at camp if you just, you know, get outside of yourself and have fun. Um, you're gonna have a you're gonna have a blast, and it's it's just it teaches you the lesson that you know the Christian life is fun. It can be fun, right? It it doesn't have to be ho hum, yeah, serious all the time. Like there is fun to be had and can be had, and good clean fun. You know, all fun is not bad. Yeah, and um, it's in a safe place. Like I am not worried about our kids there I know that they're you know being overseen and that they're protected there um and we have people from our church that have gone with them as sponsors and I know that they're people that I trust and so um yeah I think another thing too that I thought about was how important it was for our juniors and our teens to see um those college kids living for God and sure sure not every single one of them is maybe in the the right exact place they should be spiritually we all have things we're working on but kids who are there because they want to minister to other people who believe um in God who believe in Jesus Christ who love him who are striving to live for him who are striving to serve him those kids are pouring into our kids and I think that there's something about a teenage boy or a junior high boy to have someone like that to look up to and and realize that I can I can be like a normal person. Yeah, I, I, I can know love that God and serve God. And I, I know that over the years that we have had um, campers that have gone to camp and then gone back to camp the next year and they've actually requested to be put with the same counselor because that guy had such a big impact on their life. And, you know, with, uh, we didn't have this, you know, when, when we went to camp, there weren't cell phones and things like that. And so, um, but I know that I, I know of people that we've taken to camp who have kept in contact via social media, via, you know, cell phone numbers, things like that with their counselors, because those counselors have had such a profound impact upon their life in one single week. And so it's a, it's a great point. Um, that as a counselor, and if you are a camp counselor listening to this podcast, don't underestimate your opportunity for influence in the life of a camper, even within that one week. They're looking up to you. Yeah. They're like, man, this guy is cool and he loves God. It's okay to love God. Right. You know, that doesn't make me a weirdo. It's okay to stand up. It's okay to, to give my life to him. I don't know. I just think that they have such a great, um, impact and I'm glad yeah I'm thankful for those I'm very thankful for those 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 college uh young people that will give up a summer of their lives really because that's what they're doing they're not getting they're getting paid but I can tell you that they are not they're not making as much money as they could if they would come home and spend the summer at home so they're giving up a summer of their lives for ministry to little kids and teenagers that they don't even know um and they've never met before But they love the Lord enough to know that I'm doing this for the Lord ultimately, but I'm going to have an opportunity to impact these lives. Right. Um, I think the last point I thought about, like, why I think camp is important for us anyways, is that it um, allows them to meet new friends. 
and allows them to strengthen the friendships that they do have. And we know that iron sharpens iron. And I want my kids' friends to go to camp. I want my kids' friends to be under God's word and to grow closer to him. And I want them to have that impact on each other. And I want them to grow closer to one another. So I'm thankful for the friendships that they make and for um, the friendships that are deepened and for their friends who, you know, are there because they want to learn more about God. And anyways, uh, so what would you say to someone who says, yeah, camp is really expensive. Um, how are we going to pay for camp? What should, like, do you have any suggestions? No, I'm glad you asked this question because I was just thinking about it. And every situation is unique and every situation is different. So I don't want, you know, as I answer this question, I don't want anybody who's listening to feel like, you know, well, that's impossible for my situation and we just can't do it. I'm not judging anyone and I'm not, you know, telling anyone that, that your situation is is wrong, okay? So anyways, the, my, my answer to that would be find a way. Like find a way to get to camp. Maybe it's that, you know, your church, I can tell you from experience year after year after year after year that there are people within our church who maybe are grandparents or don't have kids, uh, but they they want to see our teenagers go to camp and they come to me, they have come to me in the past as a youth pastor and they have said, hey, I want to sponsor a kid for camp. Do you know of anybody who wants to go to camp but can't afford to go? And most years I knew of someone, but not necessarily because they told me. It was just because I knew that, you know, that, that family couldn't afford it and that you know, they probably would have liked to have gone to camp. But I would say, you know, that that's one way that if you are a parent and you know that you have a, a child that would love to go to camp, but you just can't afford it, go to your church, go to your pastor, go to your youth pastor, let them know, hey, we'd love for so-and-so to go to camp, but we know that we're not going to be able to afford it. Is there any way that, that uh, you know, anybody could sponsor them? Right. I would like, say how this. How can we make this work? I, w- I would say this as well. Put your kid to work. Um, I, I know we've been blessed here here at Faith, our church. Um, it, this year, um, our our youth pastor, Pastor Eric, he set up a uh, fund that was basically a scholarship fund that people gave to, and then uh, people had the opportunity to come and work here at the church in order to raise money for for the camp. And so, um, you know, our kids did that. It made it doable for us. I mean, it's, it is expensive if you're sending more than one kid to camp. Um, but have them mow lawns, have them, uh, get out and sell candy bars or, I mean, we did all kinds of fundraisers through our church, but then also just on our own. I know you did, I didn't, but, uh, to pay for, to pay for camp. Yeah. And I think too, if you make them work for it, they value it more. Yes, absolutely. You know, they realize that they raise this money and they're going to get the most out of their week at camp. Um, when I was growing up, I could not go to camp unless I raised all of the money myself. And so our church had, um, everybody had the opportunity to do a fundraiser. And ours was Joe Corby's Pizzas every single year. So I would, you know, I would ask people in the church, but their kids were going to camp too. I ended up just selling Joe Corby's Pizzas door to door. I think also in the past we had done um, Domino's cards. Um, and so I sold those door to door too. Like I would just take as many weekends as it took to earn enough money for camp to raise that money. And I did it every year because 
I wanted to go to camp. And, and then when I did go to camp, it made it, you know, it made me want to participate. It made me want to get as much out of it as I could get out of it. Um, but that is a very important. Um, and also yeah, and- to, there are probably people in your kids' lives, like their grandparents or people who are like grandparents, who would be willing to sponsor. Yeah, I that's even exactly thought- what I was. I was. I was going to say you. You know those those examples that you gave were more church wide. Like you can't just call up, as far as I know, Joe Corby's and be like, "Hey, you know, my kid wants to go to camp. Can I sell some of your pizzas?" <laughs> um, that's like an organization that the church would have to come on board and say, "You know, we're going to do. We're going to sell Joe Corby." So maybe your church doesn't do fundraisers, or maybe you know for whatever reason, you know, they just aren't doing fundraisers for camp. There are there are plenty of people that if they know that the money that they're spending on whatever item it is that they're you know that they're buying or whatever if they know that their money is going toward a good a good cause and not just this kid wants money to go out and buy a video game um not that there's anything wrong with that necessarily but anyways um you know if they know that their money is going toward a good cause they're more than likely to to give toward that cause yeah, and so maybe like a little letter drive or something do a lemonade stand do a letter drive have them go out and mow some lawns have them go rake leaves in the fall have them you know go and and whatever whatever it is find a way my encouragement would be find a way that they can make money to go to camp um, and I know that that takes some planning. Um, I know that it might be that they're working, you know, all year long, working up to camp to make that I money. I think it's important to view this as an investment. Yeah. You know, it's not just I'm sending my kids to have fun for a week and I'm not going to pay for my kids to have fun for a week. It's a lot of money. If we change our thinking and view it for I, I, for what I believe is the real reason we send our kids to camp. If you view it as an investment in their spiritual lives, if you view it as, you know, I am, yes, I am having to pay a lot um, for this opportunity for my child, but viewing it as this is something that is is going to um, help him. This is going to be an investment. Yeah, I mean, I'm certainly glad that our kids are there and that they're having a good time. Like we've been looking at at pictures, you know, that – have been posted and kids are playing tetherball and they're, you know, wearing swimming trunks, looking like they're about to go jump in the pool or they don't have a pool at the wild. So I don't know where they're swimming, but, (laughs) um, but anyways, um, you know, so seeing those smiles and seeing that excitement and that's all well and good, but that's not why I paid the money. Like I could, I could put a tetherball pole and a tetherball in my front yard, probably 10 of them, you know, for the price that it costs to, to go to (laughs) go to camp but that's not what it's about it's about them investing in their spiritual life um so i think that's a great point you know that a a lot of it is how we look at it how we view it yeah yeah what would you say to a parent who says my kid just doesn't want to go to camp should i make them should you make a kid who doesn't want to go to camp go to camp? You know, that's a hard question because I think, I I don't know that there is a cut and dry, you know, yes or no answer to this. I think that as, as a parent, we should do everything that we can to encourage our kids uh, to take advantage of the opportunities that they are presented in life, the good opportunities. And I think that going to, to church camp is a, is a great opportunity for their spiritual growth, for their spiritual development. So I would say that we should encourage them 
I would not I would not go as far as to say you should force them to go. Um, you certainly don't want to force them into a situation where you're saying you need to go to this because you know you need to you need to hear the preaching and certainly that's true. But um, we could do the the exact opposite of what we're trying to accomplish. Does that make sense? Yeah. Uh, we could harden their hearts because we're forcing them to go to a camp where or any anything for that matter. Uh, where they really don't want to go. But right. I do think that the encouragement should be there from us as parents. Hey, this is a great opportunity for you. I really want you to go, and I think you should go. And um, if there's some hesitancy, maybe a little a little push over the edge. If there's an outright, no, I don't want to go because, you know, fill in the blank. Right. I, I think it depends upon the reason. Yeah. But I think, too, that as a parent, we know what's best for our kids. Just like we make our kids eat vegetables, like – I think that depending upon the reason, it there might be it might be a good idea. Maybe your kid is just timid in general and he needs a little bit of a push to step out of his comfort zone. I know I've had to do that with our kids a few times and they end up loving it and they're so glad that I did. Um, but you know your kid and you know the reason why they want to go or don't want to go. And so um, just pray about it. Ask God to give you wisdom about how to handle the situation. But if you can at all, encourage them to go because it, it definitely um, could have a profound impact in their lives. It could potentially call them into ministry or um, help them with something they're really struggling with. Or, you know, it really could change their life. I mean, for some of for, for some of our friends, they got saved at the wilds. You exactly. know, these are people that grew up with us. They went to Christian school. They had claimed to know Jesus as their savior. They had claimed to make decisions, uh, but they go there and they realize, you know, that they weren't saved. Um, or maybe they knew that they weren't saved and right. they were just yeah. playing the game, yeah. you know, and they get to a place where they hear God's word preached and the conviction of the Holy Spirit um, gives them a safe space to make that decision. I think too, getting out of your comfort zone and getting out of your rut and even being away because it's at the wild, they separate you um, and, and put you in a cabin with just maybe one other person, but being away from, well, one other person from, from your, your group. from your group, yeah. um, it kind of frees you up a little bit to make decisions. Right. Um, at least from personal experience, it did for me mm-hmm. um, when I wasn't feeling the pressure from everybody in my youth group. And of course, no, I'm not going to go up and make a decision. It gives me the courage, I would yeah. say, yeah. to stand up and say, okay, I knew this was something I needed to do. I knew this is, was something I needed to work on, and I'm going to make a decision today in spite of what my friends are doing. You know what I mean? Um so if you are sending your kid to camp, how can you help them to be successful? Um, have a successful week at camp. What is that? What if is they're that? a junior high boy to change their underwear every day oh or at least a few times while they're there? <laughs> Take a shower, brush your teeth. Uh, is Are those good answers? Um, <laughs> sure. As far as personal hygiene is concerned okay that's not what you meant (laughs) yes how would what would you define as a successful week at camp and how do you help them i mean i would say a successful week at camp would be one that uh you went with an open heart you went with an open mind uh 
uh, to what God has for you, and you change the areas and that that God challenged you in your life. Um, to me, that would be a successful week spiritually. Now we can talk about fun. You can talk about all those other things, and and those are are well and good too. You know, get outside of yourself, become a part of the team. Don't be too cool for school and not do anything. Do everything that you can possibly do, and just you know jump into the the camp program, uh, and you're gonna have a a good fun week. But at the end of the day, you know the emphasis that we have in this on this podcast is not that we just have a good fun week but that we have a spiritually challenging and a uh, a week of growth spiritual growth um so that that's what i would define as a successful week so if you're asking me you know if i if if i sat my kids down and said hey here's what you need to do to end and we did maybe not sat them down but in casual conversation over the past couple of weeks you know, here are some things you need to do. You need to change your underwear every day. You need to, <laughs> you need to have you need to have those things. But also, hey, don't get involved. Have fun. Have a good time. But when it comes time for chapel, when it comes time for the 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 less or the uh, the services at night, um, be open to what God has for you. Right. And be willing and to change. I think that making sure they have their Bible, making sure they have a, a pen, making sure that they have a notebook, they can take notes. Or, um, you know, just giving them the tools that they need um, is also important. But yes, preparing them for what is about to come. I, I think I told our kids, um, hey, what, no matter what everybody else is doing, be salt, be light. Mm-hmm. Look out for people who are um, on their own, who, do, who don't um, know anybody, and invite them um, in. Show them the love of Christ. Um, so those are kinds of things that I did to, to prepare the kids um, myself. It's kind of different because being a sponsor and um, being a camper parent are two totally different things. Yeah, Like you're on opposite ends, and we've seen now both ends of the spectrum. And, um, yeah, it is tough to be a parent. You know, it's tough to not be there with your kids. Um but you can be there for them by preparing them, by having these conversations and giving them the tools that they need. Um, and I think also praying for them. And that comes um, takes us to our next kind of point. Like how, when our kids are at camp, how should we as parents pray for our children? Yeah, so um, I've, I've got really nine nine ways that we can pray for our kids. So I'm going to go through these kind of quickly. Um, and basically, here's what I did. I, I went through uh, the Apostle Paul's prayers in Scripture, and I said, how did how did Paul pray for the churches to which he wrote letters? And um, I said, that would be a great way to pray for our children, because for many of those churches, those the, the people in those churches were his spiritual children in in some sense you know he started the church and in some sense these are these are kind of uh paul's spiritual children timothy for instance is is one of them but anyways i i would say this number one um i would i would say for parents the first two are for us a prayer of thanksgiving and a prayer of commitment and as as paul starts all of these letters and he 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 prays these prayers 
the first thing that he does is he thanks God for these people. And God has given our children to us. The Bible says in Psalm 127 that children are an heritage of the Lord. And so we ought to be thankful. We ought to be thanking God for the privilege and the opportunity that God has given to us to steward this life, this child's life. And so a prayer of thanksgiving, but then I would say a prayer of commitment. A prayer of commitment in the sense that, you know, I am committing committing this this life back to God. And, you know, for many of us, we do that um, when our kids are born. Our baby dedication. Yeah, baby dedication, things like that. But there comes a point in time where in their life, you know, like we're sending our kids off to camp for the first time and I'm committing this life now to God. Like this is this is his life to take care of. Right. And I, that was something that I had to, I had discussed with um, one of my friends who was also sending her child to camp. And she said she has an older child, too, who's in college. Um, she said, you know, d- sending my kids to camp was the first step. Um, you know, sending him to college was the ultimate like or, you know, g- sending him away when he graduates from college and gets married. I think that's going to be the end. But this is the first step of letting go. And this is the first time your child's been away from you, um, for her anyways, it was her experience. And just, it helped her, it helped her to learn how to trust God and to trust God with her children and know that God ultimately is in control and is, is in charge and in control of her kids' lives. So that is something that we can learn as parents. And, and it's, it's a time of growth, I think for us as well. Don't you agree? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, I was, I I think, um, you know, like for us as parents to say, okay, I'm going to put my kids on a bus and, and send them away for a week. Um, it's a, it's definitely a step of faith. Right. And for, we have an advantage, you and I do, because we've been to the wild so many times. We know what it's like. We, but there's, there's lots of parents that are listening to this podcast who are, will send their kid to a camp that they've never stepped foot on. Right. So they don't know what it's like. They, they've not experienced it, you know. So for us, there's even a little bit more of an advantage. Right. But I think of like, again, I, I, my mind goes back to the Apostle Paul in Second Timothy chapter 1. He says, For the which cause I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. And if that can be my attitude about everything in life, especially my kids, that... God's going to keep them. I'm persuaded that he's going to take care of them, that, you know, that I'm giving their life back to him. Um, That's a huge step. So a prayer of Thanksgiving, I would say. Did you want to say something else about that? No, go ahead. A prayer of commitment, um, committing our children to him. But then I would say now these last few would be prayers for our kids. Number one, prayer for God to protect them. You know, just their safety. In Psalm 16, David prays for his own safety. And for all throughout the book of Psalms, we see the psalmist praying for safety. And so I don't think it's wrong for us to ask God to keep our children safe. But ultimately, we've committed them to him. And, and He, they are his. Um, so a prayer for safety. But then I would say a prayer for spiritual growth. Um, that they would know him better. That they would come to love him more um, as they are there at, at camp. Um, and there's there's lots of opportunity for that. We've kind of alluded to some of those things um, that as they are there at camp, they can, you know, they're, they're going to church. They're being saturated with the word of God. And so just that they would love him, uh, love him more. So praying for their spiritual growth. And then I would say uh, also praying for discernment. 
Um, why is that an important thing, do you think, Danielle? Why do I think that we should pray for discernment yeah, for our children? for our children, yeah. Yeah, because they're not with us. <laughs> My kids are not with me right now, and I can't be like, hey, kid, go brush your teeth. Hey, kid, go play with that kid. He looks like he's lonely. Hey, kid, sit up and pay attention in church. Like, I'm not there guiding them yeah. right now. And and so I said to my kids, everything I've ever taught you has led up to this moment. Like, I was super dramatic. <laughs> you are leaving me for the first time. I will not be with you. No, we've left our kids with, like, family. Um, but you are going on this adventure without me. And <laughs> I mean, the honestly, make good choices, kids. Yes, exactly. <laughs> they're they're making choices without you. Now, granted, it's in a protected environment, but the kids, not all the kids that are there, are there because they want to serve the Lord. You know, that it, it's. I mean, these are prayers that we need to be praying for our children all, all the, the time. time, not just. And that's really my last point. I'll get oh, there in sorry. a minute, but. There are prayers that we need to be praying for our children all the time. So in Philippians chapter 1, Paul uh, prays for the, the church at Philippi. He says that you may approve, this is part of, his, part of his prayer, that you may approve things that are excellent, that you may be sincere and without offense until the day of Christ. And so, you know, I think one of our prayers is that, hey, kids, we're, we're, we're praying for you, that you're going to be able to discern right from wrong while you're away from us, that you'll be able to withstand temptation while you're away from us, that you'll talk about the right things, that you'll do the right things, that all of, you know, we're just praying for discernment in their life. Um, the next one would be this, a prayer for boldness. Uh, just like we as parents are a little bit nervous about sending our kids off for the first time, there are kids that go to camp that they're nervous about it. Whether it's their first time or their 15th time, I can remember even as a senior in high school getting to camp and feeling nervous about who my roommates were going to be at camp for the week. You know, I knew I had been there tons of times. I knew where everything was at at camp. So it wasn't a nervousness about being at that location. It was just a nervousness about something new, you know? Did you experience that or no? Um, I think that because our personalities are so different and because I knew a lot of people that were going, that I really was never nervous because we had gone probably the first time I went, maybe I was a little nervous. But then after that, I really wasn't as nervous because I kind of knew what to expect. Yeah. Um, but you have a different personality than I do. And you're a bit of a worrier. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we have a kid just like Josh. And that kid went to camp and he said to me uh, on more than one occasion, Mom, I'm really nervous. Like, I'm really scared. And I'm like, why, bud? And he's like, you're not going to be there. And I'm like, that's okay because you're going you're gonna to have your friends there and, you're, you know, the people that are taking you there. And if you need a hug, like Miss Sarah will give you a hug. And it's just from me. Just know that it's from me. And um, he was really nervous about that too. Uh, we've seen pictures of him since, and he is having a blast. Yeah. So, so Paul mentions in uh, Philippians chapter 4 to the church at Philippi, he says, um, And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And so this is a prayer that he prayed for the church at Philippi. Now, granted, they weren't going to summer camp. 
I mean, they were, you know, dealing with with uh, false teachers. They were dealing with uh, persecution, right. all kinds it of things. It was a much so, worse scenario. But the the the, the <laughs> point is, is that we ought to be praying for boldness for our for our kids, that they wouldn't fear being away from home, that they wouldn't fear what others will think of them. And I would say that that's even more important, that they wouldn't fear what others will think of them. Mm. And in in Second Timothy, Paul encourages Timothy um, that that he should be um, uh, not be fearful. Um, the verse is slipping my mind now. Um, anyways, I don't know. What uh, but but Paul encourages him uh, to, to not have the spirit of fear, but of power and of love. There it is. And <laughs> That's of a, the one. And of a sound mind. That's the one you were and, trying to think so, of. And so, um, you know, the the point is, is that for our kids, that they ought to have the boldness. We ought to be praying for them to have the boldness to make the decisions that they need to make while they're there at camp. The spiritual boldness. Um, and not be afraid of what other people are going to mm-hmm. think about them. Not fear, like, what is this person in my, in, what is this roommate in my cabin going to say about me if I raise my hand or if I walk the aisle or if I make this decision? So a prayer for boldness. And then I would say this, a prayer for the acceptance of God's word. Because they're hearing God's word, they're being inundated with God's word. In First Thessalonians chapter two, Paul encourages the church that, or prays for the same for the church at Thessalonica, that they would accept the word of God. Actually, he commends them for their acceptance of the word of God, and he prays that they continue to do so. And so, I think that we ought to be praying that for our kids as well. And I, you know, we we have a promise from Scripture that His word will not return void. Yeah. If we send them, if they have open hearts and they're hearing God's word, then the Holy Spirit will work in their lives. Um, you know, the God's word is a powerful tool. It's profitable. We know from from scripture, um, it's profitable for proof, for correction, and righteousness. It's profitable, and so our prayer is that when they go, um, they will have open ears to hear how God is trying to speak to them through God's word. And the boldness to act upon whatever God tells them. Yeah. And so then the the last one here would be a prayer of sanctification or a prayer for sanctification, that God would do a sanctifying work in their hearts. First Thessalonians 5, Paul says, "...in the very God of peace sanctify you wholly." And I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless under the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so, you know, I just think that we ought to be praying for them to be sanctified. God wants to do a sanctifying work in our own hearts as individual believers. And we ought to want God to do a sanctifying work in the heart and lives of our young people. What is sanctification, Josh? Sanctification is a setting apart of a person for the service of God. So sanctification can be, it, it happens at the point of salvation. You get, you are justified where you are declared righteous. You are sanctified. You are set apart to serve God. But throughout our life, God, there's this continual process that takes place um, of progressive sanctification where we're becoming more and more like God. And so hopefully what we pray and hope for, for our young people is that this is where that, that process really continues. Um, or for some of them, it that process will begin this week. They will accept Christ as their Savior. They'll be justified. They'll be sanctified. And the process will begin. Uh, but this prayer for sanctification, I think, is an important one. Right. And we obviously, I mean, we know in Deuteronomy, we are supposed to be giving our kids the word constantly. We know that. Deuteronomy 6 tells us that. Um, and so it is, we're supposed to be teaching them diligently. It's our responsibility, but sometimes, and you guys know this from experience as well, sometimes it's harder to accept from your parents. Sometimes 
you need to hear it from an outside source. And, and I think that this is also where camp ministry is valuable. Yeah, and, and that's not just from your parents. It's like, you know, I can remember taking teens to camp that I preach like, it's like I pre—I just preached this same message last month, the same exact message <laughs> that ju- this guy just preached to you. And that's how the Lord spoke to you. It's just they're hearing it from a different voice. They're hearing and it from so, a different voice. But I think, too, like what we said, they're hearing it um, apart from their friends a different lot of times. Different voice, different they're environment. They're hearing it in a different environment where yeah. they're not distracted by their phones. You know, like it, there's just something special about the camp situation that allows for um, those things and to take place and for God's word to speak to hearts and lives and whatever situation, um, you know, revivals, whatever situation that God can speak to us, I believe is a good thing. Yeah. It's a good situation. It's a good place to invest. It's a good place to send your kids. It's a good place to, you know, hear God's word. It doesn't return void no matter where it's preached. Yeah. And the last thing I would say is this pray for them always. So it's not just, this isn't just prayer for camp. Certainly these are good things to pray for our kids while they're gone to camp or before they leave for camp. But, you know, Paul encourages the Thessalonians in 1 Thessalonians 5 to pray without ceasing. And so I think we have a, it is incumbent upon us as parents that we constantly pray for our children, uh, these prayers and others. Yes. So if you have children and they've never gone to camp, consider Consider, pray about, ask God for wisdom about sending them to camp. Ask God to provide a way for them to go to camp. And even if your camp, your church doesn't send kids to camp, there were campers that came um, as individuals. Yeah. Their parents would bring them to camp. Um, and you know what? The Wilds is not the only Christian camp on the planet. Yeah, there's tons of great Christian yeah. camps out there. We've got the Edge Christian Camp here. Yeah. Uh, where is that located? Do you know? Uh, I I should because it's I'll near be there Williamsburg. next week. We don't know the speaking, exact address. But, um, it's somewhere. Well, Rapidan, Rapidan, um, the Edge. There's tons. Calvary There's up so in Pennsylvania. Many, so many different camps throughout the country. That would be great options. Right. Um, but so consider it. We focus on the wilds because it's the one that we're familiar with. It's the one we Teenage always went to at Pensacola. It's the one where um, uh, our kids are right now. Yeah. And so we're so, so thankful for camp ministry and for the impact that it's had in our lives. And we pray that it has the same impact um, on our teens and our juniors this week. And we pray that maybe it, it could possibly have an impact on your own kids and your family. Hey, if you are a camp counselor, you've ever served as a camp counselor, you're a camp director, or you are just in any way um, in camping ministry, let me just say, let us just say a big thank you uh, for all that you do for, for those that you serve. It's a it's in, uh, a thankless job many times, and so um, I understand that it's, it's not an easy ministry. It's a lot of work, and you guys put in lots and lots of work, not just for six weeks out of the summer, but all year long. And so thank you so much yeah, for your Yeah, imagine ministry. being that counselor for those junior high boys and your stinky cabin or for those juniors. That yeah, that bag that mom, that, that you want to burn, <laughs> that whole cabin smells like that all week. Yes, it does. So anyways. <laughs> and they're with your kids 24-7. You know how that is, moms. Hey guys, thanks so much for listening today. Uh, thanks for taking a little bit of time out of your schedule. Let us remind you about the giveaway that's going on right now. As far as I know, 
Only one, one person has commented on that, that photo. That person's going to win. So uh, that person may just win. But there is, uh, what, about eight, nine more days left in the competition. Um, competition? So, competitions, whatever it is. Giveaway. giveaway. Um, there are about eight or nine more days left in the giveaway, so you still have some time. It is a tremendous book, I'm telling you. Um, I know that it's not a gift card or something like that, but um, it's a great book, and you could get it for free. So the there's nothing better said. than something for free. Yeah. Um, Where is it at? The He Said, She Said podcast on Facebook. So facebook.com forward slash The He Said, She Said podcast. Yeah, participate in our celebratory 20th episode giveaway. Yeah. Because that's what we're calling it now. You could win a book. (laughs) Hey, guys, again, thanks for listening. Hope you have a great week. We'll uh, look forward to being back with you again next week. Goodbye. Thanks for joining us this week on He Said, She Said. If you've enjoyed today's episode... Be sure to leave us a review, subscribe, and tell a friend. Thanks so much for listening. We hope it's been a blessing.